G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Joining us now out of Australia, out of, out of the Sunshine State, in fact, Queensland, uh, from ABC Radio is Zane Bojack. G'day, Zane. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Ricardo. Shortly, we're also going to be the host of the NRL Grand Final for season 2022. Wow, that's great news. Uh, when did that news come out? <laughs> it hasn't been announced yet, but we're very confident up here. I tell you what, it would be the biggest. It would be the biggest heist if you if you could ever imagine it. Uh, if we were able to steal it from under our, underneath our New South Wales counterparts, uh, look, it's. It's looking very, very good. At the moment, the Australian Rugby League Commission is actually meeting regarding the NRL Grand Final. And look, uh, everyone in New Zealand knows that, you know, um, your country wasn't able to host NRL football for a long time because of COVID. The New South Wales community couldn't host it last year. And we had, uh, you know, the, the last 10 rounds as well as the finals and the NRL Grand Final here in Queensland. Wouldn't it be amazing if now there's no COVID, we've got everything going well, you've got the footy back in New Zealand, and whoa, lo and behold, the, the NRL Grand Final heads off again to Brisbane. I tell you what, there's a lot of excitement up here. We only got it for the first time in 114 years last year. We might get it twice in 115. Yeah, that is, that'll be massive news. I mean, I, I know New South Wales <laughs> has been plagued by biblical floods and fires, and I don't know, yeah. what, what, why is it going to Queensland, do you think? Are they expecting a plague of locusts next? What's happening? Yeah, well, look, this is the interesting thing. So um, for those of you that don't know across the ditch, New South Wales government had provided guarantees that they were going to pay for upgraded stadiums. So they've already provided the Sydney Football Stadium or um, I think they're calling it Lions Stadium in the east of Sydney. Um, that brand-new facility will be opening very, very shortly with an NRLW match and, of course, the, the Roosters versus South game, which is going to be an absolute ripper the last round before the finals. But we also were, were supposed to get upgrades to the Homebush Stadium, which is in the west of Sydney, and, of course, where the grand final's held. They decided not to do that. They didn't want to spend that money, the NRL. They went back to the government and said, look, can you spend money on Brookville Oval, which is at the Manly in the northern beaches of Sydney? Can you put money into Leichhardt Oval, which is, of course, in Balmain? Um, and we know that uh, recently there was a railing that broke at Leichhardt Oval, and there was a, a group of college students, school students, who fell off that that balcony um, when they were watching a school football match. So you can imagine if there was an NRL game and you had a catastrophe like that, it would have you know, injured seriously, serious numbers. So the NRL has been pushing for the New South Wales government to actually upgrade the stadiums. They wanted the re the, basically the uh, smaller suburban stadiums fixed up rather than the Homebush Stadium. And then, of course, when the floods happened, as you mentioned, they decided, Dominic Perrottet and his New South Wales government decided that they would rather spend $800 million on flood mitigation, particularly in the Hawkesbury area, rather than upgrading these stadiums. As soon as that happened, that's when the NRL said, well, look, if you're not going to spend the money on where we want it to, why have we got this guarantee in place that we're supposed to host grand finals in New South Wales till 2042? We took it to Brisbane last year. We'll take it to Brisbane again. Is the Queensland government interested? Well, are they interested? The Queensland government's not only come up with the strategy of taking this year's grand final, which they would very, very happily host, considering we've got two Queensland teams and the Cowboys and the Broncos in the top eight as it sits, but also they're pushing for two more grand finals before 2032 when, of course, Brisbane hosts the Olympics. They see it as a way of promoting amongst the rest of the, the country um, the fact that Queensland and particularly Brisbane um, is able to host major events. The other thing is, which you might not realise over New Zealand, is because of this... Olympics 
coming up in 2032, our other major ground in Brisbane, the Gabba, is under, be going to be undertaking a billion-dollar reconstruction. So it's going to become basically the, uh, the, the, the home venue or the, the athletics track, I guess you could say, the um, ceremony um, venue for the Olympics. And that means that the Brisbane Lions and the uh, Queensland Bulls the Australian cricket team, they will have to go to an alternative venue while it's being upgraded. So the Queensland government sees using Lang Park or Suncorp Stadium, as it's known, using it as a major facility during those times when we haven't got the Gabba going. And they could see if they could have a couple of grand finals during that period, it would still boost business in the city of Brisbane, in the CBD, where, of course, um, you know, if you don't have major events, you're not actually having those businesses get those dollars. So, look, there's so much at stake here. And... Kate Jones, who used to be the Queensland Government Sports Minister, is now on the Australian Rugby League Commission. She came out this morning, Ricardo, and said she thinks it's 60-40 weighted in favour of Queensland. And Peter Volandis, who's the chairman of the ARLC, he is desperate to leverage the New South Wales Government. So he might not necessarily give it to us, but he's going to use us as much as he can to get that money up from New South Wales and get those guarantees. So, look, to be honest, I think we're in the box seat, but we need to find out maybe the next hour and a half. And then, of course, um, yeah, it's, it's all full steam towards that, that grand final. It wouldn't be wonderful. Last year, we hosted it between the Rabbitohs and Penrith, but unfortunately, due to COVID, we had to cap it at 39,000. They took 13,000 seats away from grand final ticket holders. This time, we would love to host it, have the full activities throughout the week and, you know, have the, uh, the, all of the supporters in King George Square in Brisbane just make it an absolute festival and a celebration, whereas last year it had to be curtailed, as we know, because there was another COVID wave that came through. Yeah, superb. Uh, well, I look forward to hearing that news. So you expect that to be uh, announced tonight, the decision? Yes, in the next hour and a half or so, we should find out. I know everyone's on tender hooks. There's still a perception down in Sydney that it's going to stay in the, the homeland, in the, in the traditional city. But um, the one thing I can say is that they said that on Monday night and it really got the goat of, of Peter Volandis. And, and here in Queensland, we know that our Premier has been having very high-profile talks with him. Um, and, and she's of the belief that we're going to get it. So uh, I don't think he's very happy with the New South Wales government leaking against him and the NRL. So let's just hope that his blood boils until they make the decision and Queensland's got the grand fight. Well, that's the thing. Peter Volandis doesn't strike me as a man that likes to be told what he's going to do. So I, I, I think I think you're onto something there. I think yeah, that could definitely go uh, in your favour, Zane. Hey, we, we should talk um, should talk Warriors, though. They, they are playing your Cowboys yes. this weekend um, yes. over there. And, uh, you know, for us, I talked to uh, Michael Luck uh, pre-season yeah. um, and just to see what they had going on up there and... You know, got a, t- a take on how they were doing things, and he talked a lot about culture and environment and things. And mm. you, know, you often hear that from sports administrators. Um, Lucky, maybe it holds a bit more weight over here because he's, he, he, you know, so respected here. Um, but I looked at mm. what they'd done recruitment-wise, and it wasn't a lot, to be honest. You know, and they finished second bottom last year, season. Now they're third. How did that happen? Well, actually, second. Um, on the ladder, uh, they're still ahead of the Sharkies, even though they lost on the weekend. And to be honest with you, um, the Cowboys have really grown under Todd Payton, who I know <laughs> would disappoint Warriors fans, could have easily been the Warriors coach. Um, and you mentioned Michael Luck there. The influence of a number of ex-Warriors, including Brent Tate on the North Queensland Cowboys, has been um, very, very particular. Also, Kevin Campion, who was also part of the Warriors organisation and, um, you know, continues to have a role there. I, I just think that North Queensland really has performed this year off the back of their rookies. Unfortunately, um, Healam Lukey went down with a knee injury earlier this year, but you have a look at this. 
that just the way they've come through. Griffin Neen, um, you know, Jeremiah Nanoy. Nanoy in origin this year was spectacular. He came through this year. Obviously, Reuben Cotter, he was a, a hooker who's now, you know, making 40, 50 tackles and no misses um, in the middle of the of the, the, the front row. And I've got to say, this year, this week he has got a tough test, hasn't he? Taking on Adam Fanua Blake. It's, I think it's going to be one of the big battles this this week. Unfortunately, um, Tanoa Brown, who used to play for the Warriors as the 18th man, because I think he would have loved to have taken on his former side, particularly given the last time the Warriors played the Cowboys, it was at Redcliffe, and it was Sean Johnson field goal, which got the Warriors home, and it was a major upset at the time. Um, I wasn't doing that game. I was actually doing the Broncos game following, so I didn't get a chance to get out there. But um, it was just one of those games that could have gone either way. And in the end, the Warriors got that win, one of their few for this year. And, of course, last week, Sean Johnson was outstanding as the Bulldogs. I'm sure Warriors fans are saying, why can't he do that all the time? Mm. But, you know, I, I, I just have a feeling the, Bron- the Cowboys at the moment, their defence, that's been the, the, the hallmark of their season, Ricardo. Their defence has been outstanding. And Todd Payton and Dean Young... Um, they have spent a lot of work over the off-season getting that defence right. And unfortunately, in recent weeks, particularly on the weekend against the Roosters, um, in previous weeks against the Bulldogs, um, against the Tigers, it hasn't been that great. Even though they've got wins in those two games, it hasn't been that great. So I can see the Warriors picking holes in the, the Cowboys' defence. And they really desperately need to get this one, the Cowboys, because they've got some big games coming up. They've still got the Rabbitohs and the Panthers to come. So they're not going to be easy clashes against you know, one side just below them on the ladder and the, the other one that is above them. Even though, um, you know, they probably, the Panthers will probably still not have their stars. But uh, look, I've got to say, this is a must win for the Cowboys if they want to stay in the top four. There's a real fear that they may even drop out of the top four if they don't win this week. So I know the Warriors will be confident. We saw that Stacey Jones named the same side as last week. I just wonder if Chanel Harris-Savita is going to come in and play. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting to, to see Dijon Arcee, former Cowboy, alongside Sean Johnson, who was outstanding last week. I could see them causing some havoc. And the Warriors have gone to Townsville and won before. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, although yeah, Sean Johnson, you mentioned, he really wound back the clock, didn't he, in that game against the Dogs? Uh, that that try, particularly towards the end, what was it, 75 minutes, and he's doing that, throwing dummies left, right and centre? That's the, that's the sad thing. I see Sean Johnson. And look, I get that he's coming back from an Achilles. We, we know that it's hard to recover from an Achilles injury. It's one of the toughest ones to come back from. Some people tell me that's harder than an ACL. Having said that, I know he's never been an organiser, and I know that he's, he's never really, um, even though he's been a senior member of the Kiwis, he's been a senior member of the Warriors and the Sharks in the past, I just have a feeling that leadership's not his thing. I know that game, game management's not his thing. But if that's not his thing, he needs to be running the football. And he, he took on tired opposition against the Bulldogs the other, the other night and started to break the line. I just don't understand why he's not doing that from the start. Because the more doubt you put in the defence's mind, the better you're going to go throughout the game. And I just feel like he's still feeling his way. You know, even though um, he's, he's looked okay at certain times this season, it's, maybe he's going to have a great back end of the season and leapfrog into next year and play really well. But... If you're a Warriors fan, you would be disappointed with the output that you've got from the number seven this year. Yeah, I think so. He's got one more year left, um, but there was a lot of talk over here that he might not see it out with the new coaching staff coming in, but apparently they've agreed to to keep him for next year, so that'll be interesting to see what they can do with him, given the big changes to the squad for next season. Hey, what we've got you also Friday night, the Broncos and the Storm, probably the uh, game of the round, mate. Mm. Uh, I know you'll be looking closely at that. Uh, the Broncos have, have been a bit rocks and diamonds this season. How, do, you, do you see them making a dent in the playoffs? 
Well, this is going to be the big test. Um, like I was saying, it's crucial for the Cowboys that they win. I think it's also crucial for the Broncos because um, the Broncos have got some tough matches coming up as well. And look, the Melbourne Storm, I don't know whether you're aware of the record that the Storm have got, but they won their last 11 against Brisbane. And they haven't lost at Lane Park to the Broncos since 2009. 13 years they've come here to Brisbane and continue to win. They are just... They just love it here. I mean, when we had the, the you know the years of Billy Slater and Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk, um, even Felice Cafusi, these guys love playing at Lang Park. It's like their home ground. And so when they come here, they always turn it on. So um, it's interesting that Jerome Hughes has been named. So that's a big in for them. Of course, um, no Ryan Pappenhausen for Melbourne. Can they win the title when they haven't got their star number one? We're going to see Nick Meany and also Cameron Munster, who was outstanding last week. Not only... Um, you know, just the way that he was setting up tries and playing beautifully, going through the the edges and um, just testing the Penrith Panthers' defence. And we haven't seen that too much this year. Penrith, apart from Parramatta, haven't really been troubled by side. But where are we? Um, the, the Melbourne Storm, despite the, the loss of a number of players, they really tested them on the edges last week, particularly Nelson Asafa-Solomona. That was amazing seeing the big prop from New Zealand go across and play on the edge and take on Viliami Kikau. That was... That was worth the price of admission, that battle. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do this week, whether they keep Nelson in the in the, uh, the second in that second row position and, you know, maybe test out a Jordan Ricky, who's, you know, um, a Maori star um, and played for the uh, played for the, the Maori All-Stars this year. He's a young player who we really like here in Brisbane, but I think his defence can be brittle. And, look, the other one is, you know, how much pressure um, they're going to put on Adam Reynolds because both Adam Reynolds and Kirk Capel are in the, in the, on that other edge. They have leaked a lot of tries this year. As good as Adam Reynolds has been, he's been one of the buyers of the year for the Broncos. That's where most teams have been getting success is going through those two. So just wondering what the Storm are going to come up with. It is a must win for Brisbane. There is no doubt about that. They desperately need to win this one. And um, if they don't, you know, they could risk actually uh, not having any points. They've got themselves at 28, but whether they can get themselves all the way to, uh, you know, to 30, get themselves into that four get themselves to 32, who knows. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough if they can't beat Melbourne at home this week. They've got Parramatta the week after. Yes, it's at home. And then they've got the Dragons, which is the real possibility of a victory. But once again, it's away. So it's not going to be easy for the Broncos. It won't be easy, mate. It's going to be a, a great game. And I, you know, I think it's really what you just said there about Nelson Asafa Solomona as well is just a, a great illustration of what a great coach Craig Bellamy is. You know, he's not quite getting the tune out of his side. He normally would. He's lost Ryan Pappenhausen, as you mentioned. He's finding other ways to win, and he found a way to, you know, to get into the Panthers, a team that have been so hard to beat this year. So, right, Bellamy, off at your peril. Oh, look, he's, just, he's an amazing coach, and that's that's the other thing. Look, I think the masterstroke has been that mixing between Meany and, and Munster at 5'8 and, and fullback. It's like... Give, give Munster the, the expanse and the opportunity, the freedom at the start of the set. Bring him into the halves and let him try and work off the, the defence and try and test him a bit. And then at the back end of the set, let him sweep and then run back and, and, and get the ball from, from the back of their set. So I think, um, you know, the coaching that he comes up with is revolutionary. And like I said, just it was a masterstroke putting Nelson out there. I know he's got his detractors, particularly with some of the tackles that he's come up with. I think he, um, it might have been Wade Egan that he that he laid out and, um, you know, gave, gave him a, a fair a, yeah, a fair de- dealing to um, around the mouth region. But um, you want that aggression. You need that aggression if you're the Melbourne Storm and he can dish it out. And, yeah, I had, didn't think he was agile enough to play on the edge, but he did and just might be a masterstroke for, for Melbourne going through the finals. Yeah, you could be right, mate. You could be right. All right, Zane. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time. 
uh, go well, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Eh? Good luck with your, your call this weekend. Yeah, thanks so much, mate. And can I just say, go Cowboys, go Broncos. Sorry, Warriors fans. <laughs> go for it, mate. Go for it. Uh, there we go. Zane Bojack from ABC Radio there uh, with us with some thoughts on the weekend's game, particularly for those Queensland sides and the Cowboys taking on the Warriors. Both those games are Friday night and uh, looking forward to them. It's going to be another great round of NRL.